All right. Thank you for coming back to Psych Your Way to Success. Um, I'm Claire. And with me today, um, Heather was not able to make it um, today as we all have life that comes up. But um, I was fortunate enough to have my good friend, Miss Courtney Shrum, to be with us today. So thank you for being here first. Exciting Um, to be back. I know. It's so fun to have you back, too. The last conversation was pretty fantastic. So great, uh, great feedback, too, from our listeners. Yeah. Um, So today we get to talk about um, let's let's it's sustainability in the workplace on an individual level. Um, And Courtney, as a therapist, has the ability to come at it from a wonderful angle, which is you know, I'll let her speak into it, but a little bit more of the um, therapeutic side, maybe some skills, some things that we can do as workers uh, in the workplace to make sure that we're maintaining a good, healthy um, well-being in the workplace. And I'll try to attack it from, I don't know, an occupational, industrial, (laughs) organizational um, standpoint. So absolutely, yeah. Awesome. So like when you asked me to come back on the podcast and you were like, you know, think of an idea and you had mentioned like, of course, the podcast's name, like Psych Your Way to Success. Mm -hmm. I was thinking like, okay, so what, what makes somebody in a workplace successful? Like what does success actually look like? What does that mean? And one of the ways that can show up is through longevity, like how good of a career outcome you have how good it feels to go through it how yeah you know quote unquote successful that makes you feel whether that means like climbing the ladder or um just feeling like you've made a good enough impact on what you came out to do and yeah. so today i just wanted to talk a little bit more about like how to address your mental health to improve the quality of your work life, which then can lead to feeling more of this success and sustainability in your career over time. That's brilliant. Yeah. Um, To start out, I like, I like to say, you know, meet yourself where you're at. So being able to identify like, what is it right now that you are dissatisfied with? What is, and I think an important part of this too, is like, what is the narrative you're telling yourself? Oh. If you're in a career, like what is what is the thing? So for example, I spent 10 years in tech before and I would wake up every day absolutely miserable and just not want to go to work. And the narrative I was telling myself was, I hate this. I, I don't want to do this. And that's, that's really hard to overcome. And so that was sort of my leading point of knowing like, okay, maybe this is something to look at, to pivot from, to go back to school, whatever the option might have been at that point um, for myself. But it was truly a moment of just like, what, what is this? What is it? Can I be honest with myself right now? Where am I at? How does it feel? And I think the second question that comes up after that is, what do I want it to be? Where do I want to be? What does that look like? Absolutely. I think I think more than ever, I've been seeing, and I'm part of this, um, people changing their careers mm-hmm. in midlife, right? Like we are now, it's almost like COVID smacked us into a sense of what do I really want in my life? Yeah. And how can I make myself more happy and not so crammed? 
-hmm. And people are shifting and changing careers and doing these things that I don't think is um, midlife crisis was always just like a car or, (laughs) you know, like a change in venue or something like that. Now it's like change of career and people are up almost upheaving their entire lives and their families' lives so that these things can happen. And it is, it is actually pretty great to watch. I'm certain Mm -hmm. that for a lot of these organizations, it's not because these loyal, faithful, long-term employees are now leaving. Yeah. Um, and they don't know how to keep them. So. Absolutely. And it's generational too, right? Like sure. we, we probably have parents or grandparents who stuck in a career for their entire lives that oh, just, yeah. you know, that was, that was it. That was the thing they did. They were loyal mm-hmm. to that, but now that's absolutely starting to change and people are starting to wake up and go, huh, maybe this isn't what I want for my entire life and, and, and pivoting from that. So I guess like from your point of view, are you helping or how would you best suggest that we, as we encounter these feelings or these thoughts, if we're having them ourselves, how do we know that they're for real? Like that they're long-term and not just a swim or not just, you know, FOMO or, you know, the grass is greener. Yeah. I think that that's kind of leading back to the first thing I was saying is like really having that honest conversation with yourself about what is it right now? What, what is the narrative I'm telling myself? You know, thinking about, I was talking with a client yesterday who was talking about their work and struggling with it right now. And essentially it came down to there was this specific thing that was going on that was causing her to feel a certain way about it. And she was able to sort of recognize that instead of generalizing it to her whole career. But it was important to kind of sit with like, what is it? Because until she sat there and was like, huh, okay, it's like, I'm, it's this thing, it's this project, it's, you know, these people, it's, there can be different things that show up where you're dissatisfied that don't necessarily indicate like, this isn't the career for you. But I think when you have like a deeper sense of, ooh, like, this is not, this is not it. Uh, For example, for me, Like it was every morning I was waking up depressed. Every morning was a struggle to get into the office. And when I sat with that, it was like, this just doesn't have meaning to me. It doesn't Mm -hmm. align with who I am. And there, you know, a lot of people are successful in business careers and it's fantastic. And it's, it's part of our country and, and what's going on that makes us so successful. But for me, it was like, it felt like an empty sort of feeling working for a company where I didn't get to see like the ends meet together. It was, it was just like, I was some cog somewhere in the wheel and I wanted to feel like I had a greater impact on that. So for me, it was a moment of like, okay, I need to do something about this. Something needs to change about this. Um, And so it, it became an opportunity for me to decide like, this is my place to pivot. I would say I I love that you brought that up because honestly, there's something that is different throughout each generation. And as mm-hmm. we see that, that we have five generations in the workforce right now, um, coming from an IO psych perspective, it's kind of, I mean, it's, it's amazing to see, but you now see more almost angst, anxiety mm-hmm. in the workplace because of it. There's a lot of um, uncertainty. There's a lot of lack of communication 
even though we think that communication is happening anyway and misunderstandings. So with all of that, I find that we have a generation coming into the workforce that will not stick around if they're not treated the way Mm -hmm. they want to be treated. Now, what that is, I think is pretty individual to each one of them, but I would say at the core, it is respect. They, Mm -hmm. at the very bare minimum, they do want respect, right? Now you have a generation on the other flip end of that. That's like, you have to earn it, Mm -hmm. right? You have to earn respect. So there's this juggling between maybe leadership and what their frontline workers or the entry level positions are happening. And it's, it's kind of shocking, but you mentioned, I want to be able to see an impact. Mm -hmm. And what's crazy is when I, um, when I would talk a lot about ESG, which is environmental, social, and governance, um, I would talk a lot to people and businesses about, hey, this is really important because you have an entire generation coming into the workforce wanting to know that what they're doing is making an impact. And if your green solutions, if your carbon footprint is being reduced by 2027 or 2030, like all of these things, they want to know that they're taking part in something bigger than them. And so it's it's actually beneficial to make sure that we're being transparent about all Mm -hmm. of these things. And those conversations are being had because it is a selling point to get employees into the door too. And it's just, it's, I I love that you brought it up basically. (laughs) Absolutely. I think that's huge. And I think that's, that's part of this generation that's coming up. That's saying like, what is aligned to me? What feels Mm -hmm. good to me? And they're, they're, a little bit more aware of like that connection point and that feeling of like, yep. oh, I want this to be green because I want to feel like I'm helping the planet or, you know, whatever it is that sort of speaks to them. If it's a charitable cause, if it's whatever it is, there's more of an emphasis on like, does this align to who I am? And yes. less of a like, I'm just going to sit here and earn it kind of perspective. Mm-hmm. I'm going to suck it up, grin and bury yeah, it, bring home exactly. my paycheck and pay my bills. Exactly. We still have that generation. I am part of said generation. Mm -hmm. How long? I mean, you and I have spoken um, at at nauseum, probably um, about how I mean, I work two two jobs like so many people out there just to be able to pay some bills and still be behind. Mm -hmm. Right. And I know that we're in a like we're in an economy that very much demands us to be doing things of that nature as well. So, I mean. Upwards of three jobs. Many, many people I know. I was in the military. And even all of us that were in the military, those that were active duty, had side jobs Mm -hmm. in order to pay bills, right? And this is a government job. So it's, it's hard. It's getting harder and harder, even still. And I think that people think that if they just pay more, it'll be fine. And I think what we're seeing is that that's not always the case, at least generationally speaking. People have their limits. They have their boundaries. I know I found mine Yeah, and I left a a company because that was, oh yeah, you can pay me a lot of money, but guess what? Yeah. I'm not going to compromise my moral, moral compass so much so that. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so looking even like to kind of speak to that, it almost starts to reflect on even being sustainable in a career. You have to start to think about like work-life balance you have to start to think about like how stressed are you and how sustainable is that going to be over time because if you are working three jobs yeah in the moment 
that could be your sustainable version, but long term, you're probably going to burn out at some point. And so it becomes like how and and yes, paying more money is great to an extent. Mm-hmm. But you have to come back to like is there balance with your work and life? Because if it's all work, there's going to start to be impacts to your life that can be really hard. Um I think specifically, like, in my field of work as a counselor, like, this is a huge thing. Like, if you go work for agencies, they will slam you with 40 clients a week, which is Mm -hmm. not sustainable. Like, I I will say it, at least for me, the majority of counselors I know, that is not okay. Like, I've been seeing, I think, somewhere upwards of around 25 clients a week in my own business. And even at the end of the week, I'm like, whoa, that was a lot of people to see back to back. And so well, it, you got to wonder as a patient, like, for sure, if you're if I'm one of 40, like what kind of genuine yeah. feedback am I getting? Like how valuable is of my 45, 50 minutes is exactly. this if yeah. I know that you're just trying to get through your day at this point because you're in survival mode, too? Yeah. Right. Like I don't need somebody in survival mode telling me how to get out of my survival mode. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So there's been more of this push of like, how do we slow it down? How do we be more acceptable about finding more like rest and recovery in our days and, and spending time creating that as part of our atmosphere rather than trying to push or make more money or whatever it is and like reach a bottom line that is like ultimately you are not successful it's not sustainable so do you think that also plays into a value that we have at different generations of what successful means to us absolutely how maybe we have to adjust that in order to meet our are not just our physical needs but our emotional and mental absolutely i mean i have family members who (laughs) It's very obvious that their career was centered around, I'm going to make as much money as I can in my retirement account, and then I'm going to retire, and then I'm going to live my life. And so like, that's a completely different mindset where you're like, yeah, yeah. I'm going to punch my clock. I'm going to put my time in. I'm going to get paid. Mm-hmm. I'm going to you know, put the money into my retirement, and then I'm going to get there, and then I'll, I'm going to have to figure out how to live my life, essentially, because they hadn't been doing that really all along. Yeah, And so it, it's kind of a, and, and that's not to speak generally about everyone in that sort of generation, but I think we're starting to find that more and more people are like, how can I still exist as a human and mm-hmm. have interests and excitement outside of work that I can do without just spending my entire life working away until I retire? And then that being the moment where you get to be like, ah. Um, and the funny thing is like that person that comes to mind for me is very much struggling to rest or recover or relax in retirement. <laughs> like they have just found new roles where they're like, nope, I'm super busy. I'm going to do this thing. It's going to be great. Like they, they probably won't ever stop to be honest until right. like they physically have to. Yeah. I think that. Uh, I have a I have a 24 year old son who works um, graveyards and is struggling to even find the ability to sleep. Mm-hmm. Right, like 
I, I still, you know, I, I look at that and I'm like, I worked graveyards for a long time. I completely understand yeah. what that's like. It's not sustainable. Right. Mm-hmm. And there's no way um, I can say this because I know he doesn't listen, but um, there's no way that we, you can sustain that lifestyle and still be emotionally, mentally yeah. um, okay. Right. Right. Like that's not a healthy lifestyle. That's, and I say that on so many levels because it's really not like between like the physical circadian rhythms that we have and like the need for even light to get in while we're Mm -hmm. trying to sleep. And unless you have like a certain setup, I mean, the whole thing is very, very intricate and physical as well as it is researched um, on that, on that same field. It's shocking. Yeah. But when it comes to people with retirement, like, and that's their goal and that's their, I I was raised to do that. Right. Like I come, I, my parents were older. Um, and when they raised me, they said, this is what you're doing. I will say, I found it incredibly tragic that I have watched several of the people, um, that I worked with that were older than me at the time. Well, always, (laughs) but, um, that were older than me retire and unfortunately pass, Mm -hmm. um, within the year of their retirement. And it was just like I said, it's tragic. Like you work so hard to build this, build up this retirement and to build up this life that you possibly. And then I, that's when I switched. I was like, Mm -hmm. cool, I'm going to have like a retirement plan, which includes me working part-time doing something I love. Right. Like I'm, these are the things I'm going to do. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's hard to make it sustainable when at the end of the road, like there's nothing left nothing like do you even know what you enjoy if that's what you've done exactly what makes you happy like how long will it take you to figure that out and are you willing to exactly if you get there exactly and that's so that's you know when I come in and I'm talking about sustainability in a career that's really what I'm sort of alluding to is this push towards can you identify where your emotional, mental, physical health is in terms of like your work life? What does that feel like to you? What is it right now? Like, what are the words that come to your mind when you think about my life and work? Am I just working to retire? Am I just putting in my time? And then asking yourself again, like, what do I want it to be? What could it be? If I could dream big, what would that dream look like? And even just because a lot of people don't ask themselves that question, right? They're just, they're in their jobs, they're doing the thing, they're miserable. They're just like, ugh. like, I think people don't even ask the question because I was one of those people. Yeah. And it was like, wait a minute. Like I, you put restraints for so many years over sure. what you can and can't do because somebody has told you or you have impo- self-imposed these restraints, whatever mm-hmm. it is. And you s- you don't even know that you can ask. It's not sure. that you're just not asking. You don't even know that you can. Right. And I think I would encourage and challenge anybody to make sure that they are asking themselves like, wait a minute, I can move. I can go do something else. I can do all of the, I can go back to school. Yeah. I can, you know, anything dot, dot, dot. What is it? Fill in your blank. Right. And and that isn't to speak to like, and this could be a whole different podcast, but just the idea <laughs> of, you know systemic racism, the stuff that is systemically built in to prevent people from asking questions like these and making moves like these, like that absolutely Mm -hmm. exists in this world as well. But it doesn't stop you from even just thinking about like, 
if I could, what would it be? What would that look like for me? And really getting to know that version of yourself as well. Absolutely. I really appreciate that. That's something that I think doesn't get talked about near enough. And asking yourself questions that you didn't even know you could do before is something that I really, I, I, I would like as many people to do. And I think that's part of this change that's happening, this shift, mm-hmm. this paradigm shift that we see is that people are actually doing that. COVID, I think, kicked us oh, yeah. into making sure that we're asking those questions, right? Absolutely. Mortality yeah. is in this world and we're watching the the tragedy and the, of the outcome of something yeah. like a pandemic. And guess what? A bunch of us want to live our lives now, not just in retirement. Yeah, I think is what's happening. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, excellent. I thank you again, Courtney. We're near yeah. the end of our time, and I'm certain that we'll see you back here again in the very near future. That's but cool. um, again, you guys, if you have any questions, if you want to deep dive or reach out to Courtney specifically, she is on LinkedIn. We always tag her. Um, she is also on our LinkedIn that you can find her there too. Um. And just reach out to her, ask any questions that you're you're needing or wanting. Um, she has a wonderful private practice that she has going for therapy. And um, yeah, just wealth of information. <laughs> so <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> thank, thank you, you again, Courtney, for being here with us today. And um, we miss Heather, but it was really great having you um, fill in for, for her. Yeah. And hopefully we will see you soon. Of course. Um, for you. everybody else, please uh, remember Spotify, YouTube, Amazon, and um, there's another one. I always do this at the end of every episode. Um, but there's uh, reach out to us on LinkedIn or YouTube um, and email us with any topics you would like to hear or if you have questions about this episode. Thanks again. Okay.